Welcome to the podcast of New Covenant Church in Albuquerque, where we focus on the Bible, faith, and life issues. We hope this podcast will be helpful to you on your faith journey. Now, here's our message. Good morning. Happy 5th of July. How exciting is that? Uh, So, did you, I guess you guys were in Albuquerque last night. I've never heard such a ruckus up past 12 o'clock than I had before. I don't know about you, but it did kind of sound a little bit like a war, something going on. But I'm glad you're here today. These are very interesting times that we're living in. Can anyone say amen to that? Or maybe you haven't noticed anything. Maybe you were asleep for six months or so. Maybe you don't know. I, I apologize for my, my voice in advance. We don't really know what it is. <clears throat> the last couple of days, me and my son have had something, uh, but he got a cat the other day, and both of us have itchy eyes, and so always blame it on the cat. If anything breaks in the house, whatever, blame it on the cat. But there's something else going on here, and that is we all experience, we're going through something, aren't we? This is not something that anybody is really immune to at all. Everybody is going through it. And there's a lot of things. It's not like just one thing. It's like this big domino effect that just keeps going, you know. Man, it's been tough. It's been real tough. But you know, there's something that I want us to focus on today that I think is real important. Next week, we're going to be starting a brand new series in the book of James. We're going to call that Reset. It's one of the earliest Christian books uh, written, uh, and it's, very, it's written by Jesus' uh, younger brother, which is pretty cool. And uh, so there's a lot of things in there that are right at the core of Christianity, right at the way that we should be uh, following God right on point. And so I'd love you to join us because maybe through this time, you've kind of lost it a little bit and you need a reset. And so that's what we're going to do. Even if there may be more restrictions coming on next week, I'm not a prophet, but it just seems like there, there could be if there is. We, I'll promise you next week we will have a teaching uh, video online, okay? So I'm going to make that promise to you, and <laughs> I may pay for it. Anyway, <clears throat> what is the most important thing? What matters most, and what are you and I focusing on? And that's what we're going to look at today as we look at our passage in 2 Corinthians, we're not going to read from that yet, just yet, but we're going to focus on what matters most because it's easy right now to get your eyes off of what really matters and on some really crazy stuff that gets you just blown out, that can mitigate against your faith, right? That can cause you to feel like, man, the ground beneath my feet is moving. There's nothing stable. What do I hold on to? God Where are you in all of this, right? They're challenging times. And I tell you, my friends, it's not going to get any easier for quite some time. History lets us know that. But before we get started, let's open up with this affirmation. Please say this with me if you'd like to. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I welcome all he has for me today. By his word, he guides me. By his spirit, he strengthens me. By his will, he's transforming me. 
I am his workmanship, his unique work of art, and may his will be done in me today, and I receive it by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this past week has been interesting. Every week has been interesting. Uh, For me, I, I believe these are exciting times for the church, but I felt myself this last week feeling a certain fatigue. Anybody here feel that kind of fatigue? Just existing and going through it. Mentally, physically, all of the challenges, uh, it's, it's just like every day you, there's something new. And it's tough because our world has changed so quickly in a very short period of time. Very quickly, very short period of time, and that's challenging. But Paul comes to us in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and he says, Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes on what is seen. Not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Here's the key. We are going to put our best effort into what matters most. Focus on the things that have the most eternal value. Father, thank you for this morning. We just ask that you would fill us with your spirit. You give us hope, Lord. We're coming to you because we need you. There's no question about that in our hearts and our minds. We need you. And Lord, so we trust you that you will provide, that you will give us guidance, Lord, that you will make a way. And we thank you, Lord, and we receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. The naked eye sees the temporal, okay? The, the eye that, that looks out that we have uh, in our brains here, if you have eyesight, you know that it sees things that are temporal. I mean, the Lord made the earth, and the, and the earth is the fullness thereof. It belongs to him, and it was good. It was made great. It was made awesome. But the things that mankind makes and the things that we like to put together, those things tend not to last. We're able to maybe set up a monument or two for history's sake so that we can uh, look back and remember someone's great work or not so great work, whatever it may have been. But we know that it's always fading and it's always passing away, right? And that the, the eye is able to see that which is passing away. How many of you looked into the mirror today? Let's see a show of hands. Okay, those of you who didn't look in the mirror, you, you, you should have, okay? <clears throat> now, I'm just spraying the truth. I mean, saying the truth here. Now, these things are passing away. Our cars, our home, they all need repairs, right? And we find that life it can become very tedious in this process of just dealing with what we can see and what we can feel, right? 
But a life that is lived apart from God focuses on the temporal things. It focuses on the things that are, are going, that are fading away because why merely? Because they have refused to see beyond what is right in front of them. Our world suffers from that. And we all from time to time suffer from that, don't we? Christians oftentimes today get ridiculed because they believe in this unseen God and in and, and the future and heaven. And, and, and it seems like, oh, you people are just ignorant. Nothing could be further from the truth. It's, 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 it's a lack of understanding that there are things that you can see with your eyes, but then there are things that God gives you to see which are of far greater value in this life. 2 Corinthians 4 says, out of the message translation, all they have eyes is for fashionable God of darkness. They think that he can give them what they want and that they won't have to bother with believing in the truth they can't see. They're stone blind to the day spring brightness of the message that shines with Christ who gives us the best picture of God we'll ever see. You'll never see a better picture of God than in the life of Jesus Christ. But a life that only sees what's in front of them, to me, seems very boring and depressing. And it's also very distressing, wouldn't you say? If, if you had nothing to believe in this morning, no faith in God, no hope in God, what would your world view be today? It'd be tough, wouldn't it? It'd be tough. Because we understand just experientially that these problems are huge. People come up with a lot of ideas on how to fix everything. But without God, they seem insurmountable. I would rather take ridicule and... God's light that have no ridicule and a limitation of light. You see, what God calls us to is illumination. There needs to be illumination in order for you to see. Any of you like to walk around in a dark room? It's a great way to stub your toe or break a piece of furniture, isn't it? It's tough. Here it is. Someone can stumble around in the dark and say, this is the world. And they, they feel the world, they, they see what they can dimly, and then all of a sudden someone turns on the light and everything looks different. And that's the illuminating light that God talks about for himself and what he promises for us. You see, there are spiritual eyes see the eternal. Second Corinthians 4, 5, and 6, he says, remember our message is not about ourselves. We're proclaiming Jesus Christ, the master. All we, are, all we are is messengers, errand runners from Jesus to you. It started when God said, Let up the dark, light up the darkness. And our lives filled up with the light as we saw and understood God in the face of Christ, all bright and beautiful. Right, all bright and beautiful. It comes through from this illumination. Paul was a persecutor of Christians, and it wasn't until 
Jesus appeared to him and he was blinded by the light of God, struck to the ground, and he, he called him Lord from that point on and he served him. It wasn't just an intellectual ascent. It wasn't just a, give me the right information, give me the right books, maybe I'll read up. And if I believe it, then fine. It's, it doesn't work that way. Eyes that are only set on the temporal will never see the real and the eternal and that which is greater and that which is bigger, that which is amazing. I had a great phone call with a friend this week. Believer, we've been friends, gosh, I don't know, probably over 15 years or maybe even longer, served in ministry together and have just had a fun friendship. But I just kind of had it on my heart. I said, I'm going to give him a call. We haven't talked much, especially since this whole COVID thing has hit. I mean, gosh, do you find yourself missing all of your friends? It's tough, isn't it? And so you begin to reach out as God puts it on your heart. And it was so good to talk because a lot of people don't have a good sense of humor. But my friend, we have a sense of humor. We have a blast talking. But the reason I bring this up is because, I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but I'm white. And my friend is black. And I, I don't know if you'd ever noticed that before. It's hard to tell with me. But anyway, so with everything going on, with things going on with, gosh, um, issues of justice, racial equality, and everything else, and, and just protests in the streets, and just the feeling of division, I, I was thinking in my heart, I wonder how he's thinking, and I haven't really got to talk to somebody and really visit, you know, and, and just share. And the, the conversation was so hopeful. The conversation was so filled with joy. Why? Because as my friend pointed out to me, it's a kingdom conversation. Because the kingdom of God thinks much differently. There's an illumination there. He went on to share with me. He said, you know, I've dealt with issues of race throughout the years, and I've, I've come to terms with all of that. But when I saw what was going on, I especially saw that young boy beaten to death to the point to where he wasn't even recognizable as a human being. He said, my, I, was, I was going down the road of bitterness in my heart to see the injustice you see, the truth about humanity is, the truth about humanity is humanity can be a very mean and despicable place. We're good at it. And we can't lie about it. We can't lie about it. We can't say, oh, well, you know, this is someone's opinion and they wrote about that. No, listen, forget it. Humanity has done, it's continually done horrible things to itself and to one another. We've done a lot of great things too, don't get me wrong. I don't, I'm not trying to be negative uh, Dave up here, but I'm just saying, folks, it's a fact. But if all we can see is what's in front of us, okay? If all we can see is what, what's there, well, then what happens? We start dividing into camps, don't we? What's our country doing right now? It's dividing up into camps once again. 
It's dividing up. One camp says, this is how this looks. I'm looking at the same thing that you see, but I see one thing. And someone else looks at it and says, I see this same event, and I'm looking at something else. And there is a clash. And there will continue to be clashes. Because that's the, the, the way humanity works. He said, and then the Lord, he said, I listened to a couple of podcasts, and I got to listen to them this week, too. He said, you know, he's been a believer for a long time, but here's a believing life. God comes in at the beginning, and he, he gives you this light. He exposes you to the light, and, and then you begin to grow. But then there are times where you need more revelation, more revelation from God, more illumination, more light. But we have that light that we can turn to because God's available. You know? He said, I had a realization and remembered God reminded me of the kingdom and how beautiful God's kingdom is. And I could see it. Because we like to fix things, you know, we, we hear these high ideals that like our country lives for, and we should be living for highest ideals. We shouldn't be living for low ideals. Liberty, justice for all. We don't always hit the mark, but we get those things from God. And instead of trying to fix them from here, we, we need to follow God and let His vision fix and His ways change. But we need that illumination to see it. Otherwise, we're just going to see the mess that everybody else is seeing. And we can't see the goodness and the beauty of the kingdom and the hope of the kingdom that brings to all humanity. You see, that's beauty. Paul, speaking about this in 1 Corinthians, said, chapter 2, verse 12, What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand that God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from God but considers them to be foolish and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. These things are discerned or understood or seen only through the Spirit. And it's only until a person turns to God in that, okay, that we're able to see the new insights. We're able to see things differently. But as we grow in the Lord, we're told that we go from glory unto glory, from light unto light. You see, God has given us a unique opportunity to see the world different. To see the world different for a reason to make the world better. God didn't just save you because you needed it really bad. God did it because he loves human beings and he wants his kingdom working in this world. You see, if we put our best efforts into what matters most, we put our best efforts into things that, are, that really matter the most and we focus on the things that have eternal value, we will see more 
than we could on our own. If you just look around, you're going to get bummed out. You're going to get angry. You're going to get mad. But if you turn your heart toward God, God will illuminate and give you a revelation that will change your life as believers, as believers. Okay, focusing on the eternal. If we focus on just this life alone in our circumstances, we become discouraged. We lose friends. How many folks here have, have known someone or, or someone that around you that has contracted COVID, the, the virus? What are you doing here? No, I'm just joking. Uh, uh, in the first service, there were quite a few folks. I, I, I have. And, and, and I tell you that it, it, it hits home. It's not just staying away somewhere else. It hit home. Okay? We, we, it hits home with our disappointments, our failures, the things that are really tough on us. And we're wondering if we can make it through to the end. You ever think about that? Like, how long is this stuff going to go on? Anybody just sick of it? I'm sick of it. It's bumming me out. I watched a show the other night with my son. It was covering a certain aspect of the Nazi occupation. And their world, at least their, their bid for world domination. And I was reminded of Anne Frank, I was reminded of Corey Timboom, of those who were hidden away for days, for months, behind walls. Those who were hidden away and those who were led off to their death, wondering how long would all of this go on? You say, Dave, that's a pretty depressing thought, I know, but I'm getting to a point here. <clears throat> That's why Paul says, Therefore, we do not lose heart, though the outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us, for us, an eternal weight of glory that outweighs them all. You see, nothing is wasted in God's kingdom. Being able to see eternity transforms what is just temporal into opportunity, into possibility, and to understand that this could be a historical moment for the kingdom of God, and especially for you and your life and your family's life. That's what it could mean. So what do we do? We fix our eyes. Anybody seen Jesus lately? No. There's a guy my, I know by the name of Jesus, but I'm, I, I mean, I haven't seen him physically with my eyes. So when we're talking about seeing here, we're talking about the heart. We're talking about the spirit enabling us to, to see that which we can't see. He says, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, which bumming us out and blowing us away, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, right? But what is seen is eternal. Unseen is eternal. 
How are you able to endure bad times? Because typically you'll say it's just a season. I can endure this for a while. There's a sense of comfort that this is not eternal. This is something that is short-lived, right? That's a part of the, the gospel, right? We fix our eyes on him. You see, when we focus on eternity, we're not just talking about life after death. We always talk about living with God in eternity. Like, there's going to come a time we're going to go be with him in eternity. Well, eternity is, is a, the life of God, okay? God's life is eternal life, which is a life that is not ending. The life that we all live ends somewhere, doesn't it? Right? This place, this church, there's a lot of weddings here, uh, a lot of babies being baptized, and a lot of folks being put in the ground. We, we, we all understand this temporary thing. But his life that he has, it's a quality of life within him that is eternal, that, that's something you can depend on. I was listening to one of the podcasts my friend turned me on, and he talked about just his father and, and uh, the, the, this very famous athlete had just had a tough time, really rough growing up. And, and, and said, you know, basically, I just, there was nothing stable in my home. And that pain that I had, it, it, it pointed me to greatness, but greatness pointed me to destruction. That's a great quote. Never forget it. So what does that mean? A lot of us have grown up in broken environments. Right? I mean, some of you, maybe you, maybe you had a perfect home. You were the, like the Waltons. You're not grandma, daddy, or whatever that they'd say. Uh, I, it's a, too much to explain. I shouldn't have brought it up for all of those who are younger. Anyway, it was a show, and the family was idealistic. But a lot of folks grew up with feeling unloved. A lot of folks grew up with instability. A lot of folks grew up with a sense of missing something. And it's that temporal life. I lost a parent when I was very young. I have friends that have done the same and had deep effects upon them. And, and, and because of that, you can, you can look at life and, and, and say, okay, looking at the temporal, this is all I can be, this is all I can do. But when you now are in Christ and you have the most important thing, that which is eternal, God sets your feet on a rock and firmly into his life, okay? Firmly into his life that says, okay, look, you can trust me. I'm eternal. Everything you know is temporary. But I'm eternal. God your heavenly Father is eternal. The life that he gives to his children is eternal. Period. That means you can trust him. When you can't trust other people, and other people let you, hey, let me tell you right now, you can trust the Lord, for his power is greater. But it requires us to, to focus on what matters the most Focus on things that have eternal value.
So what does that mean? Well, kingdom focus matters the most. You hear me talk a lot about the kingdom. You're like, Dave, you're kind of obsessed with that. Well, here's why. Because right now there are wars going on all over the world about who's going to be in charge. What is it with human, humans? Uh, I'm going to be in charge. Well, uh, I'm going to be in charge. No, you're not. I'm going to be in charge. And we love to go to war and to fight and to destroy and to hurt and to subjugate and to do horrible things. It seems like things like that always wind up in war. Why? One faction again. I'm not saying that we shouldn't stand up to injustice or when there's cruelty or crimes of humanity that we just let them go. No, not at all. But, but we just love to do it. And it's over. Who's going to be in charge? Who's going to have the say? And so to me, when it comes down to it, the kingdom matters means the most to us. Because God says, okay. You can follow those worldly kingdoms. They lift up their leaders. They build them up on high. Or you can follow after me. And the greatest among you will be the servant of all. Pretty hard to fight over who's going to clean the dinner table, isn't it? Any, any fight like that ever come out in your house at night? Oh, who's going to clean up and do the dishes? Oh, let me, let me. No, let me. That's Jesus' kingdom. That's his way. We believe in his rule. We want his rule. He doesn't divide. He, he, he doesn't bring us apart other than those who will come to him or those who will reject him. And he says he'll make his people from every nation, every tribe on the earth. His ways, his ethics, his mission, his commands, his love for people. Because at the end of the day, what we've learned most from Jesus is that people matter most. People matter most. A lot of very principled people do not care about other people. They care more about their principles than the people themselves. Jesus is different. He cared enough to give his life. Many will come along and say, I care enough to give your life. Your life in exchange for my principles and what I think. Kingdom loves people. The kingdom tells people about, you know, you can have salvation. The kingdom comes along and says, hey, guess what? You don't have to be full of hatred. Hey, guess what? You don't have to be bound to this idea. You don't have to divide against other in humanity. You can pray for your enemies. You see, that, that's the kingdom stuff. And see, that's the bigger vision. You see, life is not so much about dreaming too high. For believers, it's thinking too low. Our vision isn't as great as we think, as it probably should be. Why? Because we don't fully hear and understand and know the power of God. That's why we need that continual illumination 
the opening of our eyes, opening of our ears, our hearts. Because did you know that you could be an agent, as a kingdom agent in this world, you could be a person who brings people together, not tears them apart. You're a person who could be a voice of reason, okay? A voice of reason in the midst of chaos. Do you think that we need voices of reason right now in our country? But if, we're, if we get cheapened and we get pulled into a camp, pulled into this camp, pulled into this camp, and then let's just find on the side and we'll get our, our, get our, our the way that we believe is different than yours and rah, 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 rah. And one more. Stupid. Or we can ask God for a revelation. We can ask God for something bigger. Don't sell yourself short, church. We have to stick together. We have to stay with each other. We've got to keep this dream alive. God gave this dream to the world through his church. Look at how they get along. Look at how they do life together. Look at how they stand up for each other. I'm not saying we don't stand up to injustice. We do. But when we do so, we do it out of love, saying, you know what? You've got to stop what you're doing. Because I care about this person, and I care about you enough to, 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 to let you realize that this is not the way to go. You see the bigger picture nature of all of that? That's what God has. No time for fussing and fighting, but to focus on what's really important and give it our best effort. Because who, know what, who knows what the future is going to bring? I didn't see this coming a year ago. Did you guys see this? We'd all be in here wearing masks, rope, talking to you about, we'll try to get things back up online, people being divided new ideas being pushed into our society, an election year that could drive anybody completely out of their mind. And it will. It's going to get you if that's all that you look at. It's going to get us all. But we look to that eternal one that has our feet on solid ground in the blood of Jesus Christ. And if that flows through us, we can see further. We can do more than we've ever hoped or dreamed or imagined. That is the church. That's the church. Focus on those things that have eternal value. Well, I want to you know I love you, and I thank, <clears throat> I thank you for allowing me to preach and be a part of this fellowship. We've got a lot of changes going on, the way things are looking, and we're still not finished yet, and we're getting geared up online because we don't know if there's going to be another shutdown, or we, don't, we want to be ready for whatever God has for us, to be lean and, and, and ready to do what we're called to do.
I pray that, that you will see your opportunity during this time to be peacemakers, to be kingdom builders. God saved you for a purpose, and that was for himself, not just because you needed it. All right. Father, thank you so much this morning for, <clears throat> for our time together. Thank you, Lord, for my brothers and sisters who love you and uh, struggled and been going through a lot. Lord, I, I pray that your grace would continue to be poured out upon us. But Lord, I pray that you would give us a vision, a revelation to see beyond what's taking place to what can take place by your power and by your spirit. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you please stand? This concludes today's message. We thank you so much for listening. We'd love for you to connect with us. You can do that at our website, nccabq.org. From there, you can submit any questions, feedback, and your prayer requests. nccabq.org is also where you can learn more about New Covenant Church. Subscribe to our podcast and newsletters, browse our online message archive, and even tune in and watch the stream of each weekly message. We hope you'll join us. So, until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May God smile on you and gift you. May God look you full in the face and make you prosper. Have a great week.